Listener Production. Like finding that op shop bargain. Ka-ching. These boys come pre-worn and maybe need a wash. Oh my word! It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Yes, Matt O'Kine and the husk of Alex Dyson joining you here after a big Melbourne International Comedy Festival coming to a close. Matt, oh boy. Oh my god! Melbourne Comedy Festival coming to a close. Coachella coming to a close as well. Just see oh. Frank Ocean pulled. <laughs> I thought of you straight away. <laughs> I was going to send you a text. <laughs> I was oh like, no. "What? Frank Ocean pulled out?" That's so um, funny because in that book I wrote a couple of years ago, <laughs> when it drops, like there's a music festival at the end, and a kid gets a call up because a uh, an artist by the name of Dank Motion pulls out. <laughs> Art, imitating life, imitating art. Shout out to Frank. <laughs> he obviously is having issues with whatever. So um, oh. it's just interesting to commit. It's just really bizarre. I, honestly, I find it quite strange to keep committing and then not yeah. pulling through. I find it quite disappointing. Yep. So that's why we keep laughing about it. <laughs> hey, look, shout out to all the comedians who've had a massive slog on uh, this year's Melbourne Comedy Festival. We'll, we'll chat a little bit about some of the winners and grinners um, a little bit later on when we do Clickfish with Bron. But look, the comedy doesn't stop. Uh, Matt and Alex will be performing on the uh, on the boards at Comedy Republic. It'll be different. Like, if you came to Comedy Republic during the festival, the stage is going to be on the other side of the room. Oh, you can come along as well. 20 bucks. I uh, will give you the big third birthday live performance. It should be a whole heap of fun. So hopefully you can jump on comedyrepublic.com.au and grab yourself a ticket. And if you can't make it to Melbourne, we will be streaming it live as well. So grab yourself a live streaming ticket and you can join in on the fun there. But first up... After a uh, big weekend in the world of sport, I've got a bit of an opportunity for us, Matt. I'm going to get into that in a moment. Let's kick off. It's Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Matt, I'm going to need you to dump all your crypto cash out because i got a new investment for you that you and I need to get on board, which will be way better than your money pits there, both financially. And I think a lot more emotionally rewarding. Bro, you just said all of my keywords. <laughs> I don't like, I am so ready to get rich. I just cannot tell you enough. Mm. So, and any Ponzi scheme will do. I do not care. I mean, I was on the Dogelon Mars train. Yeah. You're willing to put it into anything. I will literally put my money into anything to become rich. Give me the money. Together, you and I should buy a sporting team. Oh, my God. Because did you see over the weekend, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool actor, Mm. and his mate Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia actor, a couple of years ago they bought... A struggling Welsh football club, Wrexham FC. I saw, I mean, and I saw they made a TV show about it, right? TV show came out. I never watched any of it, but I, heard, I saw it. And just over the weekend, in an incredible 3-1 win, they've turned their fortune around, have been promoted to the next division. You're Only kidding. a couple of divisions below the Premier League. And the scenes of this win, Ryan Reynolds crying in the owner's box. The punters streaming onto the field. You're you're joking. And they're they're going up. It is it is the sporting fairy tale <laughs> that has that Hollywood writes 
<laughs> Bro, I do want to do this. You've actually caught my... I Like, how, how? How do we do it? Well, I'll tell you what happened with their team, first and foremost. They have been out of English Football League, which is a couple of leagues below the big boy with, your, you know, Manchester United and stuff. They've been out there for 15 years. Then suddenly they get a pitch, all right? Ryan Reynolds and Rod McElhetty are going to be asking the supporter trusts, can we buy this club? And they, they got a unanimous support, basically. They're like, yes, let's bring him in. And since then, they've gone on this absolute tear, <laughs> scoring 115 goals in the season to finish up the top. And then they needed to win this game to get through. And they got a promotion whilst the, the two actors and Paul Rudd was there in the box watching this. Oh this and then, like Americans are coming to the town to have a beer with the locals before the match and that kind of thing. They're a 158-year-old soccer club and um, they were relegated from League Two in 2008, facing financial oblivion. But I reckon there's a, there'd be a struggling club out there you and I can get behind. Oh, I'd love to buy a club. What, what code are we thinking? AFL, soccer? I don't mind. Netball, you know, badminton team. If there's a struggling badminton, haven't won a game <laughs> for decades. They've been relegated. Bro, ever since I started this this NRL tipping comp, I'm back in the sporting world. I'm ready. I'm invested. Imagine actually having skin, proper skin in the game. Skin in the game. And you and I well, could just go along, support the team. We could buy them some uniforms. Russell <laughs> Crowe's got the, the Rabbitohs. I yes. mean, what can we... I've just moved back to Brizzy. I'm willing to take on any new Brizzy team. You you name your price and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I used to play for the Russell's Creek Footy Club in Warrnambool. And, you know, after I left, they had a few, had a few bad years. They were, I was watching them last year. They're a bit better now. But tell you what, that could even be too big for us, the old Warrnambool. Well, I mean, because I think I always think of owning a sports club and I think of like, whoever that like Texan billionaire is who owns like the Mavericks or whatever. Yeah. Well, the Australian like, bought part of the NBA team, the Utah Jazz. Yeah, <laughs> see, and I'm like, I can't afford that. I can't afford the Mavericks. But maybe maybe we can mm. afford like a but if you've maybe got a, even you name how much you want. You name yeah. the price. And if you've got a like a mixed netball team or you, you play a bit of futsal <laughs> on a Saturday night, how much to buy it? You tell give let us know. Alex. Slide in the DMs or hit us up at We would like to buy your social sporting team. Um, oh my your God. lowest offer. We're going to play hardball with you, of course, because we want you to play ball hard. Um, but no, get, let us know. And let's say it's 50 bucks. We'll pay you that and you could, we could put it on the, the beer tab. But we also, I, I'm not going to do it for nothing. Like I've got to, I've got to know that there is. Mm. Like a ROI on on my investment, Shark Tankers. All right, we'll get we'll get, give you a week to get your affairs in order. But how about next week, Matt? We have people get coming to us to sell their sporting team to us. A hundred percent. I'm so <laughs> so keen. Oh, absolutely. All right, this is a brilliant idea. Please mm. hit us up at matt.and.alex. And as much info as you can give about your club, about mm. your team, about um you know, your involvement with them, about what you need and what we can get in return. Absolutely. Inspirational speeches, check. But we want a fairy tale ending so that we can bring your team. And we want a team in the doldrums as well, okay? <laughs> we don't want to be just attaching ourselves to a high flyer. There's no magic in that, Matt. No. Nah. The team must suck terribly. We're not bandwagon jumpers. <laughs> exactly. I don't even want to be, I don't want to see a bandwagon. Mm. You know the main issue with that? These, these teams that are going well, a little bit pricier. 
you yes, know. That's the main issue. We want the runt of the litter, please. We want your team that's been left out for curbside collect. <laughs> we are ready to pick it up and zhuzh some new life back into it. Then hopefully, just like Wrexham FC, a fairy tale ending. The new owners breathe new life into this struggling franchise, and we could be back into the uh, the top flight very, very soon. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. <laughs> Well, Alex Dyson, in seven days' time, there's going to be a big announcement made, and it comes from across the Pacific in a world that includes you, I, and probably everyone you know. But do you know what it means and how it affects you? I do not know what you're talking about or how this hypothetical thing will affect me. Okay, a little bit of uh, morning tea for you on this beautiful Monday. Um, you ever heard about chats about the writer's strike? The writer's strike? No, not recently. Okay, well, it's all coming down at the moment, right? Basically, the studios, the networks, etc., are having a big standoff. In America? In America right now between all the writers, and there's a deadline that's coming up on May the 1st. Well, I remember there was a writer's strike a while ago, and yeah, all the TV shows were like, ooh. How are we going to solve a murder or whatever now? Exactly. So the last one happened between November 2007 to February 2008. It lasted 100 days. Mm. Now, when you hear about strikes, you kind of think, oh, teachers strike for a day, train drivers strike for a day or whatever. Writers will strike for 100 days if they need to. Now, writers aren't necessarily the richest people going around, although they're no. significantly richer in America than they are here. And I do have a writing deadline, and I've been doing a self-imposed strike for <laughs> quite a few days now, probably nearing 100. <laughs> so here we go. Here's what's happening. Basically... Life has changed for writers in America. So back in the day, you used to write a TV show and it used to get replayed on channels all around the world. Okay. Yep. And you'd get then residuals for those particular episodes. Meaning once it goes to air, you get a percentage of the overall yeah, usually, licensing fee or something. I mean, I'm just having a look at a contract that I just was doing now. I don't know if it's a good contract. I don't know if it's a bad contract. But basically, and this is as an actor, but basically, mm -hmm. you know, you'll get like five reruns in your first kind of contract. But after it gets rerun after that, mm. like, I mean, I'm I, as an actor, I still get checks for Aquamarine, you know, that I did literally 17 years ago now. And I think you only had one line. From memory, it was, <laughs> come on, guys, Lobster Bay's going off right now. That's right. There you go. And Lobster Bay has been paying me, I mean, not much, like a few hundred dollars every quarter, right? You couldn't buy a lobster with it. You could buy a prawn <laughs> <laughs> with the residuals. So essentially, writers <laughs> would get the same thing. They'd write a TV show, mm -hmm. and uh, and then they'd get residuals. And, and often the residuals would sort of kick into about 20 grand a year, let's say. You write, a, you write an NCIS or you write a Single episode. You yeah, 20 so, grand a year for one app of NCIS. Kind of, yeah, that's the sort of figures we're talking about. But now... Here's the thing, Daiso. It's the same as what's happening to musicians, right? Mm -hmm. When you're looking at all the streaming services, etc. Suddenly, streaming networks have taken over the mm -hmm. industry. And the way that they distribute their product is completely different. So when you're watching uh, you know, your your shows on any of the big international streamers, it's rolled out completely differently the way that it used to when you used to watch it on Channel 9 or or any of the sort of standard mm -hmm. networks. And so now all these residuals are basically disappearing. 
So the writers that used to rely on writing an episode and getting $20,000 in residuals are now getting like 300 bucks because they're essentially getting the same kind of equivalent as musicians get for one play on their so instead of doing it per rerun, they do it per view of someone watching it. You get a small percentage of each view. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. You're not relying on each rerun in a whole network. Mm. It's just like... One guy with crumbs on his chest eating ch- chips decides to watch Aqua- Aquamarine and yeah. they go, okay, one view is worth 50 cents. And because you are you had one line in it, you were now getting 0.004 cents. Okay, so like that is a very, very, very basic and not entirely accurate (laughs) depiction of the model. Well, that's what All Day Breakfast listeners (laughs) have come to know and love from us. But that's what happens. So Mm. the thing is, a writer's strike, people are like, well, what's the deal? Mm -hmm. Okay. Does it really matter? anyone can write. People on the street want to write. You know, I was chatting to a guy who used to be an engineer. He's decided to be an action film writer. Cool. He started writing films. So anyone thinks that they can write. And that's actually what happened last time this happened. Okay. There was even a quote by Daniel Craig who was playing Bond at the time. And they were halfway through their script. It was the bare bones of a script. They're sort of getting into production. 003.5. We can't stop this. This. Good maths. We can't (laughs) stop this train from moving forward. So we just mm. got to keep going. So suddenly Daniel Craig's out there with the pen and paper. Oh, writing his own Bond. He's writing Bond lines. He's like, I'm not a writer. <laughs> He's admitted. He's like, it wasn't as good as <laughs> it should have been. Yeah. The whole movie was because I was writing it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What'll happen is, okay, the first thing that you'll notice is the shows that rely on writers daily mm. and are in rolling production will start being shit. That is all of the late night shows. Like these late night shows when, the when Stephen Colbert and all these guys, all these shows, they've got rooms of writers who write every single day, joke after joke after joke, right? If they walk off, there's apparently about a week's worth of jokes in the can. <laughs> and then it's just production people looking around going, we have nothing to fill the whole show. Like we've got nothing. Same with daytime television. You're bold and the beautiful, oh, young and yeah. the restless. Because they're ro- constantly rolling. Suddenly the scripts stop coming in and mm. they're like, what do we what do we do? We have we have nothing to fill these stories, right? So then shows start getting pulled off in the air and suddenly reruns are back on and reality TV. So that starts taking over. Sure. Okay. But yeah, people to just pop off the top of their dome. Then in about a year's time, which things will usually be resolved by then, but you'll suddenly notice in about a year's time. There's just bad stuff that comes out for like three months because that was all the stuff that was in the production that had three mm. months off. That had the stars start writing their thing. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's most likely what is, um, what, what could be happening. And every, it's getting to crunch time now. There's about a week left for them to figure out all the details and they're not budging. No one is budging. The, the streamers well, are saying, well, we're losing money. The, act, the writers are saying, we are losing money. No one thinks they're winning. And so I guess in the end, the viewer is probably going to be the loser. <laughs> Biggest loser of them all. Well, I think the listener as well, because, you know, we outsource the writing of this podcast, obviously, to some Hollywood LA writers and they pop the jokes in for us. Um, so what are we going to do next week if this doesn't get resolved? Well, actually, no, do you know what? Actually, this is something that I've considered right now. Would, would you cross the line? Like... Matt and Alex go on, yo, we <laughs> forget these guys. We will work for absolute <laughs> peanuts. Gets our foot in the door. Forget. 
We're fine. I mean, what have American writers ever done for us? Like, I mean, they haven't cared about us. No. Why would I care about them suddenly? You know, so should we do it? You, you, you want to flick off an email to get the, the incredible writing duo. Well, the two Dans who did um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, they're a writing duo. They wrote that film. One of, well, this could win us an Oscar, mate. Genuinely, though, would you cross line? Because some of these people are getting paid like a million dollars an episode. What? Writer? Some of the, like some of the big ones, you know. Really? Well, let's say, okay, mm. in Australia you get paid peanuts to write a show. Yeah. Yep. In America, if you're writing a season of a show, you may very well mm. get a million dollars. Easy to write a season Whoa. of a show. So if someone came knocking on our door, right, granted we'd be hated by the industry and yeah. absolutely everyone would turn their back on us, but also I'd be chilling. Well, their, their backs are currently turned to <laughs> us right now, so... <laughs> It's not like they've been paying notice. No, 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 but seriously, I was like, I've actually been thinking about this. I'm like, could I, could I turn? But do you know what would probably most likely happen? We'd step in, we'd be like, all right, fine, we'll do it. And then Daniel Craig would look at what we wrote and go, I'll take it from here, boys. <laughs> all right, we'll keep you posted whether, uh, yeah, whether we've got the right stuff for Hollywood. This is All Day Breakfast. It's time to welcome our wonderful producer, Bronwyn Doizak, into this studio to inform us of the most uninformative articles of the week. Hello, Bron. Hello. What have you been up to over the weekend, Bron? Um, God, you ask me every week and I'm always don't Surely know. you got little tabs <laughs> oh. open on your phone where you mark down all the fun things you've been doing. Went to comedy festival a couple times. That was good. Was it, it was last weekend, wasn't it? Shout out to all of the incredible winners. Gillian Cosgriff, Waka won Best Director's Choice. Gillian Cosgriff won Most Outstanding Show. I was at the awards ceremony when they were handing them out and both of those ones that you mentioned, absolutely dumbfounded. Particularly... Takashi Wakasugi, who won the director's choice, as you said, because Gillian was nominated. So it's she was always like, oh, it's very unlikely, but what a great show. So she won it. But <laughs> Waka was, was so surprised. Amazing. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. Waka's an absolute legend. I shout out to him. He, I went to Japan once and he's like one of the most generous, like caring hosts mm. you could possibly ask for when he uh, showing me around. Some of his favourite spots. Well, he also, on Saturday, told me about a time that you went out for dinner with him and uh, the sake did flow. Well, <laughs> well I think Belle wasn't geez. drinking at the time and your other friend didn't feel like sucking. So. Well, I'm not going to let it go to waste. That's a, I, I'm sure that's a just Japanese, you know, rule. You can't just waste <laughs> things like that. Also, do you want to know that in 2015, speaking of the Director's Choice Award... That was the year I won the Director's Choice Award with my show, The Other Guy, which you can now see on Stamp. So there you go. Who knows? We might be seeing a show from Waka one of these days. But um, Hannah Camilleri was a winner as well in the mix there. Um, Dan Rath won the Piece of Wood Award. Which is the comics comic, by the Mm. way. Aiden Wilcox and Isaac Hay won their show for Best Newcomer, um, an award that I've also won before in the past. Um, And that was for their show... Songs from the heart in the hole of my bottom. 
And as well as that, shout out to Ursula Carlson as well, who has a Ripper podcast, but also got the People's Choice Award too. Seriously incredible. But Bron, what have you been clicking, mate? This first one is from the Daily Mail. These two are actually both from the Daily Mail. It was sent in by Ross on Instagram. Headline, I named my baby after my favourite food. No one can believe it's real and everyone says she'll be bullied, but I love it. <laughs> okay. okay. How is little placenta going? <laughs> <laughs> so like, what's your favourite favorite food? That's her Lobster favorite pasta? Food. Yeah, that's the... I named it after my favourite food. You'd name it like Luxa or something. I would. I would. Little, how is little mixed seafood Luxa going? <laughs> oh, how are, how is my little dumplings? My little Xiaolong Bao going? <laughs> how is my little breakfast beers going? <laughs> well, Bron, what's your favourite food? Um, I really love mangoes. Mm. Oh, mangoes actually a name though. I can imagine being. I can imagine mango being the sibling to apple, apple paltro. Mm. You know, mm. what would you call it, Alex? Um, what would my favourite food be? Um, I don't think you know. I don't think I have a favourite food. <laughs> Daiso, this is alarming. Mm. A little pizza shape or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what, what do they call their kid? So it's spelled differently, but it's avocado. So A-V-A-C-U-D-D-O. Avocados. Avocado. But avocado. Why not just call it avocado? I don't know. Yeah, I like it it makes it so much worse by calling it avocado. Yeah. Like, if it was yeah. just avocado, I'd understand, but avocado yeah, is a terrible name. Extra layer of explanation <laughs> to an already long bow being drawn. <laughs> that is right. What about what about your middle name is like Cardo and your first name is Ava? Yeah. That would be beautiful. Yeah. Love Ava. I was almost called Sophia Ava, but a friend beat me to the pit. Oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. So you treated naming your daughter like going out to lunch with someone and they order the meal and it's like, well, I can't order the same. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course you do. Oh, you don't know, mate. What if you really wanted that food, though? I, don't, I know friends that have they've broken up their friendships because people have stolen names. Don't yeah. you worry about that. Get to intense stuff. Family members do it. It's hard. Well, um, I, I think this is tough, and I, I think the people who are concerned about bullying make a pretty good point because, as if some little dickhead year seven kid or something is going, oh, I'm gonna smash avocado. Mm, yeah, yep. You would never want. I mean, anyone who's gonna give a toast to avocado. Yeah, yeah. Let's toast avocado. <laughs> let's, let's get toast avocado. Someone making overpriced housing jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because of that bloody toast to avocado. Um, all right, well. Yeah, rubbish, Bron. Next. <laughs> also, you'd never know whether, it's like you never know what day avocado would be having a good one or when they're a little bit off, you know. Every day it'd be different. Yeah. <laughs> People coming along feeling their bottom. Um. <laughs> well, I hope not. You're supposed to feel the top, the head anyway. No, a little bit. touch the bottom. No, you touch the top where that comes off the tree, that little bit around that. What? Nah, I'm pretty sure it's the bottom. No, that's how you find out if it's a ripe avocado. It's around the little, the bit that you've pulled straight off the tree, that yeah, bit. I know the bit you're talking about, <laughs> and it is not that bit. <laughs> it's that. You give that a little touch. If that's not, soft, it's not like, then the rest of it's Which bit good. are you talking about? It's like, no, you're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, fine. On to the next one. What's going on? This is also from the Daily Mail headline, Do you want a pizza, me? 
Donald Trump offers cheering crowd a slice of pepperoni pie he'd been eating at local Fort Myers joint after taking pot shots <laughs> at DeSantis Bragg and Bar in Long Speech. <laughs> long Speech? That's a long headline. I know. Oh they always God. have the longest. Is that? So where is there to go from that article? That That's the entire story. It's basically the entire story, but we've got some audio of what they're talking about. It's hard to hear, but he said, does anyone want a piece that I've eaten? <laughs> so he's offering the crowd a half-eaten slice of pizza. It reminds me of when he was literally in a disaster zone, like a hurricane had gone through. Maybe it was in Puerto Rico. It was it was somewhere there. And he starts, like, throwing paper towel into the audience, like like Kobe, <laughs> like basketball <laughs> shooting this thing for these people. Well, <laughs> this article that I'm reading now says that um, this from businessinsider.com said his former aides have said that pizza was one of the major food groups on Trump Force One. Uh, he's also appeared in an ad for Pizza Hut with ex-wife Ivana in 1995. However, he has previously said that he doesn't eat pizza crust. So... Eating Trump's crust. <laughs> what sounds like him being generous is really just him getting rid of those bits he doesn't want. Yeah. Anyways. Well, there we go, Bron. That's two garbage articles for another Clickfish today. It was very nice of you to uh, provide them for us. Thank you. And thank you for listening to another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hopefully we'll catch you again after the mini break that is Anzac Day. We hope you have a good break. We will be back on Wednesday with another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Yeah, we're not going to be uh, filling your feeds with our rubbish on a very sombre morning, but we hope you are able to remember if you're watching a sporting event, have a good time at that in the afternoon. And otherwise, we'll see you back here on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.